Welcome to Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny, and this is the show where we talk offensive and defensive business strategies with some of the most successful and insightful small business leaders. So if you're looking for great conversation and new ways to grow and protect your company, you're in the right place. There's no such thing as a small business. Every business is monumental for the people who lead and depend on it. At M3 Elevate, we have hundreds of policies, but only one mindset. Fuel your growth. Welcome to the Fast Break. In this episode, we'll talk about the importance of physical space for small businesses how to create a space that reflects your brand, how to think about space in our new post-COVID world, and how to find the right construction company for your needs. A study by the National Federation of Independent Businesses found the businesses that invest in their physical space experience a 20% increase in sales, and that businesses that have a well-designed, thought-out physical space have a 30% higher employee retention rate. These stats show that an engaging physical space is no longer just a nice to have for small businesses. It's a critical factor in their success. Joining me today to dive into this issue is Tim Cleary, Executive Vice President of Ideal Builders, a construction company based in Madison, Wisconsin. Established in 2002, they have made being of service to their community, their commercial construction clients, their subcontractors, and their associates their top priority. Two decades and over 10 million square feet of buildings and remodels later, they've evolved significantly, though their fundamental values remain unchanged. In his role as executive vice president, Tim spends his days working on a little bit of everything, including new projects, client and employee relationships, and corporate leadership. Tim, welcome to the Fast Break. Thanks a lot, Matt. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Tim, let's jump right in. So to kick us off, can you maybe please share with our audience a little bit about you and your organization and what role you currently play in helping small and growing business owners think about their physical space? Yeah, a little bit about me. I'm a local guy. I'm married with four kids and stay pretty active in the Middleton and Madison communities. I'd like to live a life of service giving back. So I try to be charitable with boards and committees and some of the things we do on the personal side. On the business side, you described it very well. Ideal Builders has been in the Madison area for now 21 years. And we service a few different segments, which I know that we'll talk about. And in my role, what I'm doing is typically in the pre-construction, engaging with prospective clients or existing clients on what their needs may be. A lot of that could be involve where the current market sits, what the trends are, what other employers are doing, why they're doing them, maybe what cost structures look like or strategies look like. And then a lot of times it's also in the procurement. How do you pick the right partner? How do you ultimately get the most efficient bang for your buck? And trying to really dispel some myth and rumor, but also trying to really shoot people straight relative to how to achieve their objectives. And I know we'll talk about that today. Awesome, Tim. Thank you. So before we get into that sort of practical advice and guidance that I know you're going to have for our audience in that regard, I'm hoping we can step back and maybe just frame out why this issue of places and spaces that we were is so critical. Because it, it seems right now, every news site, every blog, every podcast has had or will have a specific focus on it. And it seems that employees are increasingly looking to their employer to have a more engaged and thoughtful 
strategy here now, maybe more than ever before. So from your perspective, Tim, why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of said it in the lead up talking about retention and productivity and things of that nature. And at Ideal Builders, you know, we're, as mentioned, a Madison-based general contractor. We focus on certain business segments, certain industry segments, including office and manufacturing and industrial and science and technology. And generally speaking, if the revenue source to the business is the building, we're not always a great fit. But if the revenue source to the building is what's happening inside the building, we're a great fit. And what that means to us is typically people, first and foremost, people. And second to that is maybe something that they're making or something that they're developing or evolving. And so when you talked about just the amount of interest in physical spaces and increasingly looking to the employer to have a strategy there and why I think that is, Madison, we're very blessed to live and work in this community. And when I say this community, I'm not talking about just the city of Madison. Our geographic scope is it's about 100 miles away from Madison with some rare exceptions. And generally what we see is that the space in which people choose to do their work or where they go to work has consistently become more and more critical. We all know about the population trends. We know about the competitive workforce. We know about the labor shortages. And Madison is now, according to the Chamber of Commerce locally, we're one of the top 15 markets, metro markets in the Midwest. And we're the only one growing. And there's a lot of different reasons for that, which we could get into in a different podcast. But ultimately, if an employer wants to create an inviting space to compete for talent, that needle continues to move in that direction, probably at an increasing rate. And obviously, we could talk about post-COVID era here a little bit as well. But Office space has continued to evolve to be a place that is very attractive for both employee attraction, but also retention as well. And if there's a customer-facing building, if that's the business that somebody's in where they need clients and prospects to be engaging with the space, it's got to communicate what your brand is, both as an employer and as somebody who may be looking to add customers. And so we've seen this trend both in the office space, the manufacturing, the industrial space, and certainly science and technology where the space really needs to be inviting, it needs to be welcoming, and it needs to somehow communicate what your brand is, what your prestige may or may not be, and ultimately creating a place that stands out. How are you going to differentiate yourself as an employer? There's a lot of different ways. Your space is a big part of that. I know you experienced that when M3 built its new location mm -hmm. and all the remodeling and other amenities that have been added over the years as well. And all the businesses you touch, you see this consistently just like we do this great evolution of more dynamic space time and time again. Yeah, it's almost like, Tim, it, it, it's gone from when you and I are ballpark same age. And so we started our careers in the same sort of time and space. And back then, it felt like to me that space was more thought of as a neutral thing, right? You had to have it, but it was, hey, we got a desk, we got a chair, we got a computer, we're good. It wasn't a competitive advantage as you articulated. It wasn't something that had to have a reflection of the personality of the business. And what I've observed, again, personally through our journey here at M3 and watching so many of our clients and prospects go through the same is space. People care now, and it's become so much more of a competitive advantage. If you have a space that is inviting, a space that is reflective, like you said, of your what you want your business to be, because everybody's seen that meme right now right on LinkedIn or whatever, where it's come back to our engaging and dynamic office space. And then there's a picture of this is the engaging and dynamic office space. And it's like an old fashioned like desk and chair. That's not going to get it done anymore. 
And I'm curious to build off of that and talk a little bit. You mentioned post-COVID. Obviously, this is an incredibly relevant topic right now. And I know that our audience is going to be so interested in how you're seeing here in 2023, businesses react or or how they're responding to their physical spaces in this post-COVID world. Phrases like return to office, work from home, like this whole sort of space. Can you share, Tim, with our audience, some of what you're seeing right now as it relates to that? Yeah. And it actually, it differs by employer and it differs by segment. And I can explain Mm. a little bit about that. Obviously, any article you read talks about what the American office landscape looks like right now. And as we all know, these trade winds were blowing before the pandemic, right? About, you know, remote work or being able to be more flexible as an employer for people to get their work done in the spaces that they get their work done. And COVID not only changed some of that, but certainly accelerated some of that as well. And like a lot of things, as we experienced through the pandemic, the pendulum swung pretty wide both ways from we're not changing anything. We're back to work. We've got a space that accommodates that to we're changing everything. And even taking the hoteling concept, which existed long before we knew the word COVID, but how that evolved, the staging by which people were willing to come back. Are the businesses that we build for, are they truly able to support a largely remote workforce or not? Now, some businesses reacted in some ways in a pretty dramatic way. They needed to completely change their office landscape or completely change their manufacturing or industrial space or their science and technology space. And really a reboot. And a lot of developers also used that opportunity while those spaces were empty for the desperate refreshes that they needed. So at a time when I know at Ideal Builders, as a small employer, we were obviously rightfully concerned about what would happen. We found great opportunities for people that saw the opportunity to refresh their space. Now, what did that mean? That could mean completely dynamically changing the floor plan to make it all open, make it all open office space, widening spaces. Some people looked at it a different way and said, now is the time that we want to create private offices because people are going to want to get to work maybe have to close their door because we're trying to limit social interaction. The other practical things that happened too were looking at HVAC solutions in a much different way about how the air was being exchanged. In manufacturing and industrial, like how do we handle our materials? How do we actually have this interchange between staging of materials, processing materials, and then shipping materials? So there was a lot of different ways that this evolved. I think some businesses have figured out their strategy really was the entree to how their business operates going forward. So maybe they changed the floor plan of their office and they refreshed it in a meaningful way and found, wait, we've got way more efficiency and maybe this remote thing is here to stay because we're just as, if not more efficient with this new way of doing things. And the space made that possible. Some businesses uh, have seen it the other way. They did things that they thought were the right things to do But now they've realized, wait a minute, we've missed out on the connectivity, the human element, the culture. Do I know who I work with anymore or the type of business that really needs human interaction in order to train? I know M3 historically has been a train from within organization. Ideal Builders is very much that way as well. We train from within as much as we can. Really hard to do over Zoom for a couple of years. So it, it depends on the employer and it depends on the segment, but there's been a Pretty substantial change in some segments post-COVID. Yeah, I, I love that, Tim. I thank you for sharing that too. I think this issue of space in general, in remote work versus in-person work, 
it's not a problem to solve. It's a tension to manage. And the reality is that answer, as you said, is going to look different based on your industry, your business, the personality of the owners, the personality of the team, the people that work with you, the needs of your customers and your prospects. Like you said, from a teaching and training perspective, and everyone's going to fall somewhere different on that spectrum. And I think my encouragement to our audience is if you don't have to see it as a problem to solve with an end game, just continue to hold it in tension because things are fluid, things are changing, things are always moving in this area. And so I think that's maybe one point to draw out. And then the second to just reemphasize what you said is you have to know your business. Don't react to, hey, our competitor down the street is doing X, so therefore we also have to do X. If you know your business, you're going to know the best way to manage that tension and to think about it in, in that way. Does that resonate with you at all? Oh, entirely. Yeah. Yeah. And not just your competitors, but your peers. You can look at your industry peer group and find very successful, like-minded companies that handle certain things very differently than you do because you do you. And I think, generally speaking, the most successful businesses certainly are not copycat businesses. That goes for their space. It goes for the way they manage the company. It goes for how they interact with their customers. And so I think that resonates a lot. That makes a lot of sense based on what you said. Yeah. Tim, let's shift gears a little. So as you know, at M3 Elevate, one of the things that we focus on is helping people play offense and focus on their growth rather than just always focusing on the defensive aspects. I'm hoping you can share a story with our audience, Tim, of a client that you've had where you've seen a small business play offense with how they're thinking about their physical space. You don't have to use names if you don't want to, but just a real practical example of what we've been talking about so far in terms of space as a differentiator. Yeah, I think because I didn't vet out the client names ahead of time, I'll probably keep some things somewhat private without clients. But I can bring up a specific client that you may know something about here sometime soon, too. Relative to offense, it goes back to what I said before, right? Talent attraction and talent retention. And similar to what we talked about before with Madison being a growing market, that, that area of growth percentage-wise that's most uh, significantly increasing in our market is young people. Mm-hmm. And as you also know, we've quickly shot up the radar nationally and even globally and being a great spot for startup. And now that we've seen venture capital and more private equity enter this market, more and more sophistication is entering the marketplace. So I, we've seen customers from an offensive perspective really push the needle, maybe not on a design trend nationally, but certainly locally. Very unique spaces, very non-traditional spaces that communicate their brand. So we've definitely seen that. And we've also seen client entertainment. This, Matt, this is a line from the past for you and I, when we were building out space and we still have this today and it still exists in some markets, maybe you could create great space, but if you're having to entertain clients or prospective clients, the old tagline is they want their business partners to do well, but maybe not that well, if you can get the drift. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we are seeing a change in that. We are seeing people that are okay communicating about their success in business. They're okay saying, nope, our brand is one of prestige, one of the highest quality. Our space reflects that. So we've seen some people shy away from being timid or maybe trying to be humble about their space and not trying to flaunt it. And I don't think anybody out there is flaunting it, but I think people are less afraid now playing offense saying, no, our brand is one of excellence and our space is going to match that. Why? Because we're going to recruit the best talent. And we expect to attract the type of customers that are looking for the best. And just because your space is great doesn't mean you're the best, but it certainly 
has some connotation, doesn't it? When your space yeah. actually is the type of space that people say, I think these folks have, these men and women have it together. This company really is doing something great. And we've seen definitely a trend in that area where companies are not afraid to say that we're confident in what we do. Our space reflects that. I love that. I love that. Tim, let's keep going on that sort of track. So obviously we've talked an offensive example, but again, we don't ever play offense at the expense of defense. We've tried focus on each one equally. Do you have a trend or a story that you could share with our audience about how you've seen a small business play defense with how they think about their physical space? Yeah, obviously it mirrors and matches what I said before about talent attraction and defense, maybe retention on some level. The name of the customer that I was thinking of is actually M3 too. I was thinking about the bar space that you have. Yeah. One could look at that as offense, but I also looked at that very much as defense. This was a period of time in which the need for you to connect with your colleagues, the need for you to create some time away from the desk, away from the office, but still together was, I think, critically important for many employers. We were the same way, creating opportunities for people to get together collaboratively, socially, and having a relaxing time that wasn't just all about business. So we've seen that. I think more practically, though, when I look at the manufacturing and industrial space, one of the, and this is another COVID implication, but when I think about what's happened with the supply chain and the fact that we're seeing more of our wholesalers, distributors, industrial manufacturing accounts potentially needing to keep more inventory on hand, they needed to do so to play a little bit of defense. And in a competitive environment, having more inventory on hand was a prevention tool or defense against a struggling supply chain crisis in America. And so where lean and mean is always important, a lot of our customers also were saying, I need more space because I'm going to need to inventory more. My customers will leave if I can't fulfill these orders. And what used to take days now takes weeks or weeks now takes months. We can't do that. We can't right. do that. Or certainly, obviously, Wisconsin has a very robust manufacturing sector. More manufacturers saying this is our opportunity to grow. We need more space to make more things and inventory more things because, quite frankly, we need to play defense from our competitors being able to fill orders that we can't. So it's definitely relatable across a couple of different realms. Yeah, I love that. And you referenced a space in our building where we put in a small bar area. And I think we would say, Tim, our timing of that, that was done and decided prior to COVID, but certainly post, that has become a gathering place for us. It's become a place where when I walk out, at night, I, most nights we'll see one or two people huddled over an insurance policy, a file, a, a conversation. And it's awesome because as we talked about before, this idea of what's the term, the, the resi-mercial, right? Yeah. In terms yeah. of where it's like in the same way that employees don't see sort of their work and their life as separate anymore, they no longer almost see their home and their office space as separate. And so we've just tried to create a couple of intentional spaces where people can feel like, hey, this isn't as formal, right? It's more about the collaboration. It's more about the relationships. And it's it's been a huge hit for us. So we again, just a small example of something that maybe even is both offense and defense because it's provided a space for our people to be together, but it's also allowed that collaboration piece that allows us to be on offense too. To come together. Certainly so, relatable, isn't it? Yeah. Offense and defense. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Tim, this has been so good. So as we close out this section of our conversation, I'm hoping you can share some really practical advice 
that you would have for small and growing business owners who are listening? What's the one thing you would want people to walk away from our conversation today and commit to doing related to their physical spaces? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of different things that I hope the listeners could get from this. One is obviously don't make decisions in a vacuum. Make sure that you're going to your people. Make sure that you give them the opportunity to be heard about what they want in their space. Sometimes when the decision is made in a vacuum about what to do with the space without really talking to the employees, there can be unintentional misses during the process. Yeah. So making sure people understand that seems pretty common sense. The other thing I would tell you too is that we're a relationship company. We believe that we provide value. We believe that we have superior talent and we believe that we're looking for people like us, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes just, and you probably experience this in insurance too, give us a bid, right? What's the price? Yeah. And if somebody's going to pick you on the bid or the price, maybe they're more of a commodity person. We all know that the price is important. Sometimes the yeah. most important, we get that. It's true in construction, it's true in insurance and probably many other businesses too. But in the end, the most important thing that, that I think a small business owner could do relative to their physical space is define the team early. Yeah. Bring the team together early. Pick your partners and do the project together collaboratively. Mm -hmm. Madison and Beyond is blessed with so many wonderful architects, so many wonderful subcontractors, advisors, consultants, contractors. There's so many wonderful options out there. Bring them together early, have them collaborate early, and there you'll have the value. You'll ultimately be way more efficient, have a way better process if you pick your partner and run the process together versus here's our information, give us a price. Yeah. And that part just does not work the same way. We typically hear we're underwriting the project. Is the project a fit? Is the procurement or the process a fit? And most importantly, are the people the fit? Yeah. We will deliver excellence when those three things can be met. And if they're not, then we're a vendor, right? Just like you guys right. can be. If those things right. aren't met, then you guys are a vendor. And so I just yeah. want people out there to know that there's wonderful options, many options out there. Find your partner, find the one that you know that you're going to be with and have the best outcome with to the best of your ability and let them do their work together collaboratively yeah. with you, with your design partner, with your builder. Yeah, I love that, Tim. And that call for business owners, listen to your people. Get their opinion early, often about how they feel about their space and what is going to help them be productive and feel like they belong in the space. And then using that same sort of engaging collaborative mindset in the build process and with all of your partners that you work with. I, I love that in terms of seeing that as a process, not a product. We're going to get much better, more complete feedback if we listen to our entire yeah. employee base. It seems like the most obvious thing, but I was, for whatever reason, it made me think of cooking for the family. You right. go home and you prepare this great meal, but you never asked if anybody was hungry or you never asked what they wanted. And all of a sudden you put together all this time, energy, effort, and you roll out this meal for the whole family. And they're like, oh, I already ate. Or I'm not, I had that for lunch or something right. like that. And it's, wait a minute. I forgot yeah. to ask the question. I forgot yeah. to ask, what kind of space do you want? What do you want this yeah. to be? What's most right. important to you? What did you want for dinner? Were you hungry? Yeah, exactly. What a great analogy. So today we'll sort of wrap that part of our conversation there. But as always, our last set of questions is our fastest break set where we're just looking, Tim, for quick off the top answers to some rapid fire questions. And then we'll be done. Does that sound good? Sounds great. 
Okay, perfect. All right. So complete the sentence. For you, leadership is? Confident humility. Love that. The most impactful coaching advice that you've ever received? Throw the ball. I love it. Your favorite podcast that you would recommend to our audience? I, you know, I kind of feel like looking the other way when I say this, but I'm going to go with Crime Junkie. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. You can't live without an app on your phone. Again, I feel like I, this is old fashioned, but I'm going to go with Twitter or X. Love it. Love it. Last thing you did that truly scared you? A, a scuba dive with my wife and my four kids in the rolling sea where I could not see them for extended periods of time. Oh, man. This question, more than any we ever asked, I was thinking people were like, I spoke in front of like 100 people or 200 people, or but people are giving like near death exams. <laughs> so, what, okay, that's really scary. If you had to give a TED talk, Tim, what would be its title? The Value of Team. Love it. So before we close today, Tim, if we have people in our audience who have listened today, and maybe it's lit a spark in them to be thinking about their physical spaces and they'd love to connect with you and Ideal Builders. Can you share with us where they can find out more about how to do that? Yeah, we love to serve. We love to help. We love to try to provide value wherever we can. So if anything here, if you're interested in interacting, go to idealbuilders.com. You can always email me at tcleary at idealbuilders.com or give us a call. We're at 271-8111. Awesome. Tim, thank you so much for being willing to jump in with us today, for sharing your insights and wisdom about this incredibly important and timely topic. We really appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. It's always great talking to you and everybody there. Thanks for the opportunity and looking forward to connecting with you again. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. All right. See you, Matt. This has been Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate, where we talk with high-impact business leaders and share strategies that you can use to grow and protect your business. And remember, don't settle for an insurance and benefits agent who only plays defense. You need an advisor, a partner, a friend who helps you play offense too. That's us. Like what you heard? Well, don't forget to subscribe. You'll find bonus content and more episodes at m3ins.com slash m3elevate and anywhere where you find your podcasts. And if you're a business owner or leader with insights to share, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. We might even love to have you on the show. This is Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny, and we'll see you next time.